My overarching vision for Wichita is that we, I would say that we believe in ourselves mm -hmm. and um, you know we're able to dream big instead of uh, dream. I want us to dream big and not dream conservatively. Right. This is the Wichita Live Podcast. I am Landon Huesley, host of the Wichita Live Podcast and curator of the Wichita Live ICT Instagram. Our guest today is Jacob Wayman. Jacob grew up in the Wichita area, and after moving away for a bit, he brought back an even stronger entrepreneurial passion for Wichita and its community. He sees where gaps need filled and then finds ways to fill them. We discuss many of the different communities he is involved with in Wichita and go over some of the details on how he gets so much done. Enjoy my conversation with Jacob Wayman. All right, I'm here with Jacob Wayman. So, Jacob, how's it going, man? It's going good. I'm having some breakfast right now. Yeah? Yep. We're here at Panera in Wichita. Um, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, born and raised uh, actually in Derby, Kansas. Uh, spent most of my life here. Uh, I went to Wichita State for my undergrad and decided to trek up to Kansas City and uh, I went to graduate school up there and spent about six years. Um, for those who don't know, um, I actually used to be a hospital administrator, so I went to school to be went to school to get all the initials you need behind your name to be a hospital administrator because for some reason all these doctors decide have this godlike mentality and want everybody having millions of initials behind their name. Um, <laughs> but spent about probably three years in hospital administration and realized that very quickly I couldn't be stuck between the four walls of a hospital. Mm -hmm. And um, so uh, yeah, spent some time there and then got into some sales and. Um, after six years up there, I decided that it was time to get back to Wichita, um, just be around closer to family. Sure. Mm -hmm. Cool. And so a lot of hospital type stuff, what got you into like the entrepreneur game? Yeah, absolutely. So my, um, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Okay. So my, uh, my dad's been an entrepreneur since he was 18 years old. Um, he started out as a mechanic, um, had his own mechanic shop for a number of years and got into the car wash industry and, um, you know, it's just, it's in my blood. I mean, my, my grandfather, um, who passed away about probably a month and a half ago, um, he uh, he was an entrepreneur. He was in commercial real estate and residential real estate, had a lot of that, and it's just always been ingrained in us. And And my oldest brother recently just jumped into a franchise with my dad, and nice. uh, that was about two and a half years ago, so it's it's just in our family. Is that back home in Derby? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Very well, cool. it's actually here in Wichita, and so their um, cool story behind that is is they my dad was uh, in car wash industry, and then 2008 hit and did did a number on right. the business, and so he decided he was like, I got it. So he shut down the business, and then went to go work for somebody else. Did that for a few years, and, and was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't work for somebody else. And so he was 55 at the time, and so I started just doing some research for for him. And then my oldest brother is a journeyman electrician, okay. and he was wanting to kind of do his own thing. He reached the top of his career. I mean, he was a mm -hmm. journeyman electrician, general foreman for this electrical contractor and the highest he could go without owning the company. And, and the, kind of the guy who owned the company was like, no, I'm gonna give it to my son. So gave them some, uh, did some research for him and, and brought three franchise concepts to him and they decided to go with one of them. Nice. And uh, they've been doing really, really well since then. Very cool, very cool. Um, so just kind of scrubbing your LinkedIn. We met at one yeah. of the first um, was Disrupt mm -hmm. ICT and yeah. now Shift ICT. Yeah. We met at one of those. But So scrubbing your LinkedIn a little bit. Um, so there's a lot of different stuff here in Wichita you've worked on. Um, just kind of stepping through some of it. One Million Cups, you helped yeah. organize that here? Yeah, and absolutely. What's that for people that don't know? So One Million Cups is for your uh, startup entrepreneur to have a stage, to have a stage to share what their company's about. Basically, it's a pit, not I'm say pitch competition, but it gives them the opportunity to get in front of people and tell people about their organization or their idea or their company in six minutes. And six then, minutes. They, then they solicit feedback from the crowd for about 15 minutes after that. Nice. So One Million Cups isn't unique to Wichita. Um, it was actually mm -hmm. started in Kansas City by the Coffin Foundation. Oh, cool. And so I um, had attended it quite a bit when I was in Kansas City. And so when I moved back to Wichita, I was like, man, we need to have this here. And so um, I heard there was a group of people that were trying to launch it as well. And so I just walked into a meeting and that's kind of how I got started within doing a lot of things in Wichita. I just started showing up to meetings, um, kind of not unannounced, but not necessarily <laughs> fully invited. Right. I just heard about them. And so I found my way um, going to those meetings and stepped in and became one of the uh, organizers of Women Cups Wichita. And um, we launched it back in 
January of 2016, I think is when we mm-hmm. started when we launched it, and um, it's still running strong. They have weekly meetings. Weekly. Um, it's weekly every Wednesday morning. Um, they recently just moved over to the library. Oh, nice. So for those that want to go check it out, it's Wednesday morning at 9. Great networking opportunity. Um, uh, you know, we have a new organizing group that's there, so I'm not the one leading it anymore. Um, it's a whole new group, and that's kind of the idea with Women in Cups is new groups organize it. Right. Yeah. You attend weekly still or just when you can? Just when I can. Just yeah. when I can. I mean, it's, um, you know, one thing is if you are an entrepreneur listening to this podcast, I encourage you to, to go pitch. Um, they're always looking for people to present. Mm-hmm. And that's really what makes um, that organization great is the quality of speakers that we have up on stage. That's awesome. So. It, what stage of entrepreneurs are like everything from idea to... You know, I mean, we've had everything product. from idea to product to people that have been very successful mm-hmm. and um, sharing sharing their product and cool. maybe different iterations of what they've done differently for their business. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, one of the next ones was the E2E Accelerator. Yeah. So um, the E2E actually came to be, I got involved with the E2E because of One Million Cups. So during One Million Cups, I was actually brokering health insurance. So I was selling group health insurance to, you know, um, large employers in Wichita and the surrounding areas. And... You know, in, in everybody's mind, when they saw us doing one-man cups, they, they thought, oh, well, he's just trying to do this to sell insurance. You know, they thought, like, <laughs> okay, that's why he's doing this. He just wants to get in the door with people. And that was kind of hard for me because when I first moved back, I, I didn't want people to think that I was only doing things because I wanted to sell them something. Right. Um, I mean, we're always trying to – I would say we're always trying to sell ourselves to people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I – that was frustrating to me because I had to show that I was authentic, I was genuine, and I had to show them like, hey, this is I'm doing this because I care about it, not mm-hmm. because I'm have an ulterior motive. But anyway, so Women Cups, um, we had a lot of success with that. I mean, we had average attendance of over 100 people every single week for about six months, and then um, my uh, so the folks that are that started the EDE, um, it was some local business leaders had launched it. And they were looking for somebody to run the accelerator portion, so actually be kind of the operational side of it. Mm-hmm. And so they um, they reached out to me and said, "Hey, would you be interested in helping us launch this?" And at the time, I was growing a book of business and insurance, and you know, it was I was doing I was doing decently well. But and I said, "Okay, this is an opportunity for me to to take a pause on growing a book of business and try to grow the community." Sure. And so um, I spent probably a good two months making that decision, and then I decided to go join the EDE in uh, May of 2016. Okay. Um, and then as part of that was launch prep with Wichita State, and that was, is yeah. that under ETE? It was under EDE. So when I was at EDE, I was tasked with um, starting the first business accelerator in Wichita. They yeah. said, they gave me a blank piece. Of, when I walked in, they said, here's a blank piece of paper. I said, figure out what an accelerator is. And so during that time, I tapped into my One Million Cups network okay. through all the different communities and said, hey, I'm trying to launch this accelerator in Wichita. Who do I need to talk to? So I spent a good solid, well, I say solid. I mean, they said we want to launch it in two months. <laughs> I Accelerate I the I accelerator? I don't recommend ever doing that. I, say, I, I would say if you're, if you're going to launch a business, give yourself you know, between six and eight or even 12 months to get something together. Uh, anyway, so... Did that? We launched the first accelerator. Had six companies go through it, and you know all six companies are still in business to this day. Awesome. Um, you know a few of them that people may know about are like Kingfit, uh, uh, Alice Analytics, what was Knox Knox um, LLCs, what mm-hmm. it used to be. Um, True Buildings, one of them. Um, Buddy Brands used to be called Buddy Rest. He changed his name to kind of facilitate his entire branding. Mm-hmm. Um, those are just a few that we've worked with um, during cool. that time, and and so when we were going through that, um, I learned quickly that there was some missing pieces in the community. So Wichita State does a great job of helping students, people facilitate business ideas. They incubate the idea. So it's like, hey, you got an idea, let's try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then EDU was trying to serve the purpose of trying to accelerate the idea. Mm-hmm. There was nobody in between to kind of really help foster the idea a little bit more and get it through that early stage right. of like, do I have a customer? Do I have a market? Do I have these things? And so, you know, launch prep is kind of this in between. And so as a way to bring both Wichita State and EDE into one into one place, because really this community um, has a lot of silos. Um, you know, you have Wichita State doing their thing. You yeah. have the city of Wichita doing their thing. You have the Chamber of Commerce doing their thing. You have EDE, for example, doing their thing. You have all these people doing different things. And so we're trying to bridge the gap between all of them. And so launch prep sure. was a way to bring Wichita State in, bring mentorship in, and we were very selective with our mentors. When During EE, it was like, hey, anybody wants to be a mentor, you can be a mentor. Mm-hmm. With Launch Prep, it was personal invites. We, we found um, a good 12 different mentors that we knew could do a great job, and the mentors were successful entrepreneurs from the community. Mm-hmm. Reached out to them, and they said, yeah, absolutely, well, I'd be on board with that. And so that really facilitated some good interactions. And of the 19 companies that, no, 15, of the 15 companies that went through launch prep, 
um, I want to say almost all of them are still in business right That's now awesome. too, which is great. And so, and a lot of them have built great relationships with their mentors. A lot of them have friendships between each other. I mean, it's just really cool to go to different events like One Million Cups or Startup Grand and to see them in the community and then, you know, and just interacting with people. Uh -huh. And then I see the mentors in there as well and they're having fun together. I mean, it's, it's just a cool ecosystem that we've That's built really cool, so yeah. far. Yeah. Just keeps feeding. Are there any characteristics that were pretty common throughout some of those successful I mean it sounds like most of the companies were pretty successful out of those programs but yeah it's you know what I've seen is it's just the willingness to keep going mm -hmm. um, is this the drive because you know being a startup company in Wichita is hard um, you know because they a lot of times the community doesn't want to take startups seriously mm -hmm. They want to pat them on the head and say, good job, you know, right. and like, go you, but not not necessarily like really saying, what do you need? Like, what can I help you with? And it's not necessarily giving them funding, but it's like, what do you need? And mm -hmm. it could be, they just need a customer. Right. And like, or they need somebody just to introduce them to somebody in their network. And I think that's one thing is what I found with them is just their willingness to not give up. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what I've really found. And their, their willingness to learn is the biggest thing. A lot of them would, when people would talk about them, they'd absorb it and they, they would apply it. Cool. Awesome. Um, so how does Startup Grind differ from these 1 million cups yeah. and E2E? So One Million Cups um, is for startup entrepreneurs. So it's a startup mm -hmm. company to be able to pitch their business. Startup Grind is the complete opposite to where we want to highlight a successful entrepreneur from the community. Gotcha, okay. So, um, for example, we've had um, a, like we had Scott Redler, um, one of the founders of Freddy's Frozen Custard on our stage. Mm -hmm. We've had Jeff Turner, who was the former CEO of Spirit Aerosystems. Mm -hmm. And so they have a story to tell. So people like, the startup grind, people think that everybody's an overnight success, right. you know, but in, but in the startup grind story is about, you know, what was the grind for them to get there? What helped them Very get cool. to that point? And so startup grind really reverses it. So one million cups, you know, we do in the morning over coffee and then at startup grind we do in the evening over, over drinks. And sure. so it's more of a let your hair down, mm -hmm. network a little bit. And it's, you know, and startup grind brings in a whole different crowd than one million cups does. So one million cups is your startup companies, your service providers like your bankers, your lawyers, your accountants, they show up right. here. Startup grants everybody from the community. Everybody cool. from your top business leaders to your startup companies and everybody in between comes to it. And so, you know, startup grind, um, that's not unique to Wichita. That was started out in San Francisco um, and they have over 450 communities in like 150 countries now wow. um, that run startup grind. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you're traveling and you want to check it out, so if you're in Dallas, just see what they're up to startup grind Dallas startup grind Atlanta startup grind wherever um, I mean and that's what and so startup grind I was in Dallas actually so I stumbled across it so I was down there um, visiting their um, entrepreneur center it's called the Dallas Entrepreneurial Center the deck mm -hmm. and they host startup grind there and it's all their logo and I'm like what is that and so they kind of told me a little about it and so um, just did some research on it and learned that hey you know all it is is just a it's a license and you know you have to apply for the license it's like a franchise a little bit sure and so um, I, I serve as the chapter director for um, Startup Grind Wichita and we launched that in January of 2017 and that's been awesome and we have tons of attendance um, people come every single month on a recurring basis and we get new people mm -hmm. every month and just depends on who we have on stage and you know it, it's cool because you can um, because we've been able to use that stage to highlight people who entrepreneurs that people probably wouldn't have heard of before mm -hmm. and then we've also been able to interact with a lot of different um, groups outside of just our entrepreneurs we've been able to connect a lot of different pieces of the puzzle awesome. so you know it's been great I mean it's starting to gain a lot more momentum it feels like we we're going to be hosting Chase Coke actually um, in November. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that's um, I'm not lie, I'm actually really nervous about having <laughs> Chase Coke on stage, but I'm excited about it because I think it's it goes to show that you know we're getting the attention of folks like Chase who want to be involved, right. and I think it, I think it's a changing of the tide really in the community because it shows that he wants to come and say something, which is Definitely. really cool. Yeah, I think that's probably part of their disruptive technology mm -hmm. thing too. Yeah, make Wichita kind of a hub and yeah. start growing that. That's, so you're currently involved with Startup Grind, but you're not involved day-to-day -day anymore with One Million Cups. No, 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 right. yeah. So One Million Cups, I'm no longer an organizer. Um, Startup Grind, yeah, still running that as a cool. chapter director. And so that's Startup Grind's um, one of my side hustles that I, mm -hmm. that I do. Um, that's awesome. You know, Startup Grind, it's, you know, it, it, people think that's like my full-time job. And, and I'm like, no, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing that I do. It's a passion project for me. Um, I'm not going to do it forever. Um, I actually um, kind of in my in the back of my mind what I'd like to see so 
Startup Grind um, j recently launched these um, new types of chapters, and one of them is called Startup Grind U. And mm -hmm. so Wichita State's actually launching their their chapter. Oh, nice. Okay. And so we'll be um, introducing um, the, the chapter director for Startup Grind Wichita State here in November. And the idea of that is is to really bring Startup Grind down to Wichita State students because Wichita State students can't afford the, the, the $10, $15 ticket to Startup Grind. So we're bringing the same concept to them but for free. Nice. Okay. And so it's going to be just – it's going to be held on campus. Um, it's going to be for them. And it's going to be um, – you know, and that's – and then my idea with that is hopefully that, that – Brings a succession plan mm -hmm. for what startup grind is because you know um, I can't run it forever. I don't want to run it forever. Right. You know, I but it's it's for right now. You know, I'm trying to you know continue to help it grow and gain the momentum that it needs. Cool, and I mean that's with the innovation campus and everything they're doing with Trustee. I mean, it fits right in. So yeah, yeah. Well, and, and also with startup grind, I mean, it's it, you know I, a lot of things I have um, my name attached to, but. It's not. It's not just me. I mean, right. it's an entire community behind behind us that that continue to help us every single day. I mean, Startup Grind wouldn't be successful without the community. Right. Women Cups would be successful without the community. EDE wouldn't be successful without the community, and I wouldn't be successful without the community. I mean, that's the thing. It's like everything is. I, I'd have to stop sometimes and and look back and say, okay, how did I get here? Mm -hmm. And then you know, and I can always point to probably a good three or four people. Or even more than that, that have, that have given me that opportunity to do what I was doing. You know, I wouldn't have been able to be here if they didn't stop and say, "Hey, we'd like to have you do something." I recently read this book, actually rereading it. It's called um, Seven Decisions by Andy Andrews, mm -hmm. and it's all about the seven decisions people make in their life. And um, I think it was this book. I, I, I may be wrong with it, I was, but I was listening to a few of them recently. And, I, and they, what they were saying was, um, he was talking about um, this. Uh, they won this. He won the um, Nobel Prize for. It was um, in like solving world hunger, or mm -hmm. not solving world hunger, but solving right, right. a piece of it. And it went back to like, okay, well, really, who was the reason why he's there? Because his mentor was George Washington Carver. Okay, mm. so is that the person we need to celebrate? And they're like, no, because George Washington Carver was adopted by so and so. Yep. Okay, so was it that person? They said, no. Well, maybe it just kind of you go back trickle like down, this, yeah. trickles down, you under, and you try to figure out where's the core of all of it. And so, um, you know, it's one that's kind of gotten gotten me because I'll be honest, I think people. Um, I, you know, I and me personally, this is me being more vulnerable about it. But I was, I've been very, I've gotten prideful before, mm -hmm. and a little bit more or less arrogant on some things. And um, I need some reality checks sometimes. Yeah. And I've had a few of them recently. Sure, um, sure. Um, let's see here. So one of the next things you're involved with is connecting ICT. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's that? So connecting ICT is a. So if you look at the city of Wichita, there's a there's a big gap between the the experienced business leaders of the community who are kind of the leaders of, of Wichita. And then you have like your entry level person that's at Coke or Spirit or something like that. There's really this disconnect right. between them. So connecting ICT is really catering towards that 30 to I would say 45, 50 year old mm -hmm. um, in the workforce because you have Young, young Professionals of Wichita, which is a, is a great organization in town, really caters to that 20 to 30 year old. The sure. ones who are in college and and Connect and ICT fills that gap that's next because there's really no when people more or less graduate from YPW, where do you go? You you mean you, unless you're fortunate enough to get on a board of directors for a nonprofit, then mm -hmm. then you're there, but there's really no place for you to still connect with other people because you don't necessarily want to go at thirty five years old, you don't want to go to a YPW event. Right. You know, and so connecting an ICT is really it's a connect it's a hub to connect people to resources in the community, whether that be through civic whether it be through nonprofit, whether it be through um, private industry, or it could be even personal too as well. Okay. And so with Connecting ICT, it's um, there. It's a group of me and about probably five or six other folks that that run it mm -hmm. um, together. And then um, they were. It was formed out of the Emerging Leaders Program at the Business Journal, and I knew some of the folks that were that were getting it started. And they they reached out to me and said, "Hey, we we'd really like you to be involved with it." And cool. so what we do is we facilitate um, monthly happy hours um, that have uh, some sort of a discussion format in, in it. And so next week on October 25th, I'm not sure when you're going to air this, but on October 25th, we're going to have, um, uh, October 25th, we're going to have, it's going to be called the Developing the Future of Wichita. Okay. And so we're going to have um, folks from people that are around, that are in the 30 to 50 year old range that are going to be on stage. They're going to share a little bit about what they're doing in the community. So we're having um, Ben Hutton with Hutton Construction, mm -hmm. um, Nick Esterline from TGC Group, uh, we're gonna have um, Ebony uh, Clemens uh, Jubilate. Um, she's from Westar Energy. I mean, okay. 
Very cool. Mary Beth Jarvis. I mean, people who are really doing things within certain areas of the community, and so it's going to be talking about that. So that's what Connect and ICT is, is nice. to really connect 30 to 50-year-olds in the community to more or less retain them in the city. So mm-hmm. they don't really like, well, I know nothing that nothing which doesn't offer me anything. It's right. going to move on. Man. Yeah, there's, I mean, people say there's nothing to do in Wichita or don't get involved, but there's all these different opportunities to... Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so the next one was the Shift ICT or formerly Disrupt yeah. ICT. Yeah. So um, what was, so Shift ICT, formerly Disrupt ICT, so... Um, the, the folks that, that have founded that is uh, is myself, um, Jason Taves, who's the VP of, of Technology for Alice Analytics, mm-hmm. and then uh, Dave Cunningham, who's the founder and CEO of Flint Hills, Tech, um, Flint Hills Group. Okay. And so Flint Hills Group, they are a, a custom software company, um, and then uh, uh, Alice is a AI technology for the HR industry that they're building right now. Mm-hmm. So. You know, very two awesome organizations, and so they, Jason and Dave, went to a conference in Kansas City in the fall of two thousand and seventeen, and they, they, um, they went to this. It was a blockchain technology mm-hmm. thing, and they said, "Man, why are we not doing this in Wichita? Why do we not have some very industry specific conferences in Wichita?" So they came back, and I was, I think, I was at One Million Cup standing next to Jason, and he was talking about it, and I said, "Well." Why not do it? Let's just do it. Let's just host yeah. something in Wichita. Why not go about doing it? And so, so he said, well, let me get Dave together. And so we all got together and said, all right, let's launch this thing. And so we started meeting um, quite often, and we formed Disrupt ICT, and we had our first event on in April of 2018, mm-hmm. and it was on blockchain technology. Very, very specific, very focused, and I think about probably 10% of the people there knew what blockchain was, and then the other 90% were just wanting to be there just to be there. Right. And it was good. I mean, it was talking about something that hasn't been talked about in the community. I think it got people thinking about what more we can do in this community. And then um, then we decided to uh, change the name to Shift. And the reason why we were going to change the name is because TechCrunch has their Disrupt Conferences. And mm. we knew about it already. Yeah. We just were kind of – we kind of right. shot from the hip and just kind of got something done. And we didn't really want to get a cease and desist letter from <laughs> from uh, from uh, TechCrunch, you know, ten months, eleven months down the right. road. If we bring really a, well, if we bring a speaker in that you know gets some attention, even regionally, we don't want them to yeah, see yeah. it and then then something happened to it. But so um, it became so when we were thinking about what the name change was, James Chung um, had mm-hmm. his final presentation in June or one of his last ones he's done in Wichita, and it really showed that Wichita still fall behind, falling behind. You know, we were still being outpaced by our peer cities. Um, Some crazy statistics that came out of that thing that just kind of hit me in the face was, you know, we, um, per capita income basis, we pay our our employees are paid $10,000 less than our peer cities. um, Des Moines, Iowa has experienced what was it fifty percent fifty percent GDP growth since two thousand and like five or six. Mm-hmm. I mean, just crazy numbers. And then our our industry, our economy's regressed one percent in the past year. So, or since like two thousand ten, right, whatever right. it was. But it's like the point was is we need to really do something different. And I was tired of hearing about these peer cities from other people. Quit telling me about it. I want to hear it from the horse's mouth. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when we looked at that and we said, okay, what are we really trying to do And with, with Disrupt ICT? And we're like, we're trying to shift, shift mindsets, mm-hmm. shift perspectives, you know, shift, shift people's thinking. And so that's where Shift ICT came into play. And so the first, so we did a Shift ICT Summit in September um, of this year. And we brought in, it was nine... 12 speakers from nine different cities Mm -hmm. um, throughout the Midwest and they were our peer cities. And so, um, that was, uh, I mean, that was a ton of, a ton of fun, ton of work, but it was, um, it was more or less, it wasn't, it it wasn't transformational, at least not yet, Mm -hmm. but it was a good opportunity to hear from these cities and hear what they're doing. That's different. And each one of them had a different perspective because each represented something different in their community. But it go, it went to show that, Okay, Wichita has the pieces of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. We do. Like, we have all the pieces of the puzzle to really move forward, but how do you put them together? Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what highlighted people. And so, um, you know, post-shift ICT, we've actually seen a lot of people say, okay, you're continuing to tell me what we need to do. Tell me how we need yeah. to do it. So kind For of sure. shift that a little bit. Yeah, I think a lot of people suffer from um, analysis paralysis. Yeah. They think about it too much. They want to start something or they have some small idea, but they don't know what the first step or the next step is. And I mean, everybody, I mean, that's the thing is, I mean, it's, and that's, I'll be honest, like for me, all the things that I've launched have not been brand new ideas. Startup Brand's not a brand new idea. Woman Cups isn't a brand new idea. 
it was looking at what another community was doing and saying, how do we put Wichita's spin on it? So mm-hmm. it's not recreating the wheel. It's putting, how do you put Wichita's spin on it? Right. And I think those people, you know, they don't realize that. And I think that's what I wanted Shift to become was look at what's happening in other communities and how do we bring pieces of Omaha, Tulsa, mm-hmm. Des Moines, Oklahoma City. How do we bring pieces of all these puzzles and put them together? How do we do that? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's really what I want people to encourage because people, it seems like in Wichita, people feel like, well, we're in Wichita. Like, what, they put us in a, they, they put themselves in a box mm-hmm. and they don't really want to look outside of there. So, like when, like when people travel, I want them to travel with intentionality. Like, travel with intention. Go to another city and really look at that city and what makes them, what makes it thrive. What makes you love that city when you go travel there? Mm-hmm. And come back to Wichita and say, hey, how can we possibly do that here? For sure, definitely. Um, was the second shift ICT was that blockchain centric or was that just anything just to kind of shift the mindset? The um, September one. September one. It was. Uh, it wasn't blockchain specific. Wasn't blockchain specific. No, it was more. I would say more community de- uh, mm-hmm. development. Sure. Even though we had four, we had portions of tech in there. Right. Um, we had. Uh, so we had Ryan Weber, who is the president of the Casey Tech Council. He was speaking, mm-hmm. and so it was a little bit more broader. Um, and I think, and so what we're with shift where it's going to go in the future is, I is we're probably going to do more. In the springtime, it's going to be more workshop related, mm-hmm. um, and maybe focus back in on technology. And in the fall time frame, do more of a summit like cool. to where yeah, we, we you make it a lot much broader. Very cool. Um, so from the the blockchain one, the first mm-hmm. one, were you pretty familiar with blockchain before that, or no, not at all? Um, for me, I mean, I knew what it was. I knew what um, uh, you know uh, cryptocurrency was. Right. I knew of it, but. Um, Dave and Dave and Jason are the experts on the tech mm-hmm. side. I mean, for me, it's that's why we, we all work really, really well together. And that's one thing that I always encourage people to do is find a good team behind you to work together who kind of have their expertise because they were the experts in the technology. And so they were able to find the speakers for me. I was the operation side of it. How do you put all of this mm-hmm. together and how do you make, how do you format the talks? How do you do logistics? You know, how do you do right. all the things behind the scenes to make it actually be delivered? And so, um, yeah, so for me personally, I'm not familiar with it, but um, I know it's something that Wichita needs to pay attention to because right. a big re- and a, another big reason why we decided to launch Disrupt Now Shift was, so um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Steve Case's book, The Third Wave. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So, so the third wave is, a, is, is I, it screams Wichita um, because the third wave book is, um, the first wave is, is the development of the internet. So the first wave is, you know, your AOLs, your, um, you know, just the internet in general. That's, that's the first wave. Second wave is Google, Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, everything in that area. The third wave of technology is, is technologies that, um, are necessarily sexy but lucrative. Yep. And they solve problems, and so I think that's where I look at Wichita. Is you know we're we're not necessarily a sexy city, but we can build probably really good technology that's very lucrative. I mean, I look at NIAR at Wichita yeah. State, and people don't realize everything that they actually do there. Yep. I mean, and they're creating some crazy technology that's solving world problems. And so I mean, that's where we I think with like blockchain, we can look at okay, how can we solve problems with blockchain technology, and how can we do things differently? And so the whole idea is just introducing the community to concepts that are out that they can help them awesome. change yeah. change your mindset especially if only 10% of the people in the room yeah. knew what it was beforehand yeah yeah. so this is kind of all the stuff you've been working on what I think is outside of your day job yeah you actually work yeah. at Corneo and Sons yes I do um, so um, one thing is I don't have I don't have a family I don't have any mm-hmm. kids wife or anything so I will say I have the ability to be involved be active and you know that's one thing that I will say I encourage a lot of people to do if you have the time don't waste it mm-hmm. um, I think so many people say well I'm going to wait I'm going to wait till I'm older to do something but I'm like if you have the time get involved now yeah. and do something if you see something you want to solve solve it but yeah, so at Corneo Construction, um, Corneo and Sons, I'm their business development director. And, um, you know, uh, what I do for them is just really look at all their business lines and try to figure out how what's a new strategy for them to grow mm-hmm. business. Um, so Corneo and Sons is a very large company in town. Um, they, uh, you know, are a materials provider. So sand, rock, ready mix, concrete, mm-hmm. asphalt, and then they also do installs. They're a vertically integrated company. And so, you know, my idea has just been working with each one of the business units, try to figure out how do we become the go-to resource for education when it comes to pavement design, pavement mm-hmm. materials. And so I've been doing that for about nine months now. Um, but yeah, so um, I will say my boss, George, um, allows me the opportunity to do a lot of these other things too. Awesome. But um, but for the most part, I mean, I, you know, I, I spend a lot of my hours outside of my eight to five, I'm working on these other initiatives. Very cool. 
And then the other thing was the Wayman Consulting Group. Is yeah. that just you or family or? So Wayman Consulting Group is, is me. Mm-hmm. And that's what um, like uh, Shift runs underneath, okay. um, Startup Grind runs underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do a little bit of side consulting for companies, but mostly that's the, it's kind of the shell that runs Disrupt and Startup mm-hmm. Grind and, and those, I mean Shift and, and Startup Grind. Right. Those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. All right. So um, next up, um, do you have an ultimate vision for Wichita? Like, you, do you have a perfect Wichita that you see that you're trying to attain, or is there just a couple things you're kind of going in a certain direction? You know, when I say there's no, I don't necessarily necessarily think there's a perfect vision for Wichita. I mean, I think there's some big dreams that I'd like to see happen. I think a lot of people would. You know, one would be I would like to see our MSA grow to a million people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would like to see us go from six hundred and fifty thousand to a million people. A lot of people disagree with me on that. But I feel like when you get that many people, a lot more things can happen. Um, I also feel like I'd like to see us become the air capital of blank. You know, not mm. the air, not, not the air capital, not the blank a, capital, the blank of, capital of, yeah. of the world. I, I said that backwards, but you know, I, I'm because t- we really aren't the aviation capital. But I would say like maybe we can be the blank aviation, the the aviation whatever technology of the yeah, world. Yeah. Like because I think there's a what I'd like to see Wichita do is. I think we are we're good. We're an inch deep and a mile wide yeah. in a lot of things, but not an inch wide and a mile deep in certain things. Right. Um, and I think it's I would like us to see we leverage more of the the folks that are in town already. So like like with Coke for an example, what is Coke doing that we need to double down on, and how do we truly collaborate with Coke? Because I think there's this big disconnect between the city of Wichita and Coke Industries. Right. Um, I look at like Bentonville, Arkansas, and what they, what Walmart's done down there. So mm-hmm. Walmart um, made a you know, commitment to the Bentonville area that they will have every one of their suppliers of Walmart will have a physical presence in the Bentonville area. That place has grown, has blown up. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've grew up going to Beaver Lake down there, and from Rogers, Arkansas, used to be a twenty thousand um, population. It's now over a hundred thousand people, mm-hmm. and because of that, and so you know, I think, and I know it's kind of a, my overarching vision for Wichita is that we, I would say that we believe in ourselves and um, you know we're able to dream big instead of uh, dream I want us to dream big and not dream conservatively right I think part of that is like a lot of the college grads from around here either if they went to college here or just mm-hmm. from Wichita in general like they're going elsewhere for certain things like there's not like a I mean, I have a buddy that went out to, like, San Francisco, mm-hmm. and so it's like, okay, he went out there for tech and that type of stuff. It's like, Wichita needs whatever that is here to yeah. keep people around. Yeah. We're losing a lot of good talent. I mean, the yeah. Chung Report's mentioned it a few times, oh, how we're losing a lot of big yeah. talent. You know, and I think it's – it's we don't have a stickiness factor in this community and um, we don't have, we don't, we don't recycle our talent very well. Mm-hmm. So, like, so say somebody's working at Coke or Cargo, for example – most millennials are only staying in organizations two to five years. People are like upset about that. I'm like, no, that's awesome because that's diversity. Because you're going to get somebody who's got experience in this industry and they're going to move down the street to this company in a totally different industry. Right. That's diversity. And I think we need to encourage that. But if somebody leaves Coke, they don't walk down the street to go work somewhere else. They, they, they move to Dallas or Denver yeah. or name a city and they stay there because they can find another job after their two to five year stint there. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have a good way to recycle our talent. Um, you know, so that's, that's been, that's, that's, that's difficult. But the thing that we don't, that we face right now. Right. Um, so I was looking through some of the articles from on your LinkedIn and, uh, you wrote a 2016 year in review. Yeah. I don't know if you had a 2017 one. I, I didn't. But uh, one quote you had was, 2016 taught us what ta- 2016 taught us is that we can rise, we can win. Mm-hmm. So now that we're almost to the end of 2018, how do you think that's progressed? Or is it still moving in the right direction? Have we slowed down? Oh, I think we are moving in the right direction. It's um, it's slowed down quite a bit. So 2016 was when, you know, we EDE was launched. Um, Women in Cups was launched. A few other initiatives were launched during that time, and it showed that we could really rise to the challenge. But what happened is not a lot, not more people didn't get involved. You know, it was, I look back in 2016 and look at who was involved in making progress happen. And it's the same people in 2018. And, you know, and I think that's where something that we've slowed down a little bit because I think a lot of people have said either, and this is just my, my perspective, I think people have 
felt that, oh, well, well, they got it. They got it, so they're just going to handle it. And a lot of it, I will say, I think I'm a little bit to blame for a lot of it because I am involved in a lot of things, and I think that holds people back from wanting to get engaged because, like, oh, well, Jake got it. Jake's got it, or Jake's team's got it, or whatever. And and and, and that's where sometimes I have to self-reflect and wonder, okay, do I need to pull back on a couple different things? Right. Um, so downtown, it seems like there's a lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. with Century Two, yeah. the discussion with that new baseball team, new baseball field, yeah, all that kind of stuff. What kind of view do you have? Like, do you think there's a? What do you think the right move is for Century Two? Um, and what kind of opinion do you have on like the new baseball team? Yeah, 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 that kind of stuff. Um, Century Two, give me a sledgehammer. Um, let's tear that <laughs> crap down. Um, that's what my, about the skyline. Tear that crap down. Um, you know, mine is it's, you know, it's, so it's funny is is. Um, Oh, who was I talking to? Oh, Scott Schwinneman actually mentioned this. So Scott Schwinneman um, um, at Startup Grind mentioned this. He he goes, rewind back when Century 2 was getting built, that discussion. So I don't remember what the name of it was, but there was a former whatever it was mm-hmm. before Century 2. Same discussion was happening at that time too. No different, he said, because his dad was, his dad, Scott's dad was part of the build of Century 2. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he was saying like, yeah, everybody was talking about, well, what about this? What about that? And it was same situation, same discussion mm-hmm. that they had. And he goes, and so it's no different now. So he goes, why? But he goes, wish us needs to realize that it's okay to take a, take a chance on something. And I, just, I feel like Century 2, we need a new facility. Um, we need one that's more conducive that, um, you know, really brings, that will bring people there. Because I'll go to Century 2 for like the symphony, for example. Right. But I leave afterwards. I don't want to hang out there because I just don't feel like it's a great place that I want to hang out. Mm-hmm. And there's really nothing to do around there. And so, I mean, we need to find, figure out a way that keeps people in that area it accesses the river, just like the baseball stadium. I, right now, the discussion is, are we going to move the baseball stadium close to the river? I, why is that a discussion? It needs to happen because, you know, mm. if we do that, it's going to change a lot of things. But people are like, well, what about McLean and all these diff- and everything with, that goes along with that? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, I think Century 2 and the baseball stadium are great discussions we're having. But, are, but I wonder if we're really looking at what the 5, 10, 15-year vision of those of those things are. So basically, yeah, I agree we, we need to do that. So we have that, that team in. So they're moving here from New Orleans. What's to stop them to become like the next Wranglers? To where at the very end of it, they're like, oh, man, we have no attendance. Right. Community's not supporting us. So they move. Like, how do we not let that happen? So mm-hmm. how, what's our 5, 10, 15-year vision for that, that that baseball team in Wichita to help rally around them? And, you know, I think it's a lot to do with how do we support the owners of that organization? Right. Um, how do we make sure that they're getting everything that need they need? And how do we work together? And how does the city continue to be a good advocate for them and vice versa? Mm-hmm. I think you – because I think truly it's going to be collaboration that's going to be – is going to prove the success or failure of, of the baseball stadium mm-hmm. and the baseball team for that matter. Right. Um, along similar lines, what if you could do whatever you wanted along the river, what mm-hmm. would that look like? Would you – I mean, I know like a lot of places like San Antonio and places like that have like a really yeah. cool river walk, a lot yeah. of restaurants, things to do. Yeah. What does that look like? Yeah, I, I think it would be very similar to what they did with Bricktown and what they did with the Waterwalk down in San Antonio. I mean, I think it is – it's bringing more resources to that. I'm not saying we have to have like – boat rides and those sort of things. I mean, I just think something to where I can sit on a patio and look at the river. Right. Um, or I can, because I think it's one of the things we don't have in this community is a lot of good patios um, right. to actually enjoy a drink, enjoy some good food, you know. And then I know we're getting better with live music, um, mm-hmm. but I think I would, the way I would access that is, you know, we would have an entire area that's dedicated to restaurants on the river, and then we have an entire area that's dedicated to activities on the river. Yeah. So kind of separated, and it's on both sides of it, too. So with you know, like with, with River Vista did, you know, they're accessing the river by having, you know, yeah. canoes or whatever they're having down there. And I think we need more of that. And um, I think it's, I think we're hopefully maybe getting there, um, you know, but yeah, ideally I'd, I'd love to see a couple handful of restaurants that are, that are down there right. and stuff that actually really accesses the river in a good way. Sure. Um, let's see. What do you think the competitive advantage of like entrepreneurs or young professionals even old professionals in Wichita what do you think our advantage is um I think we are we're scrappy um we know how to do we know how to do a a lot with a little mm-hmm. um I think is we have uh, there's a couple startups that I know personally that work on a shoestring budget and they and they're not having to go they're raising money but it's very small money raises mm-hmm. um and so they're having to figure out how do they how are they you know getting by with just a little bit to build these technologies to build these businesses you know I think 
it, that's, a, that's a benefit, but also a, a hindrance to us as well because we are scrappy. We feel like we, we, feel like we can do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, we feel like, oh, we don't need anybody else. We can right. do it ourselves. Okay. Um, if you could get everybody in Wichita together for an hour, just everybody, not just this quarter of people that kind of goes to one million cups mm-hmm. and start a grind, is there any certain topic you would mention or just try to get people involved? Collaboration. Yeah. That'd be the overarching goal of the entire conversation is collaboration. How do you do it? And why do you do it? What makes it successful? And just because I don't think we have that, um, we have it in certain areas, but not as an, as a community. We do not. We mm-hmm. do not have collaboration. There's so much side. There's so many silos in this community that it just it makes me it just makes me crazy. Gotcha. Um, so you spend a lot of your time with all this other stuff mm-hmm. with Wichita. Um, is there a point where you're going to want to pursue more of like your ideas or your initiatives? Absolutely. I, I, I very yeah. much do. I mean, there's. I, I would love to see a time where I don't have to do all the all the things that I'm involved with right now. Mm-hmm. I would love. I, I, I'm I'm excited for that. I don't. The time's not now, but um, absolutely because, yeah. um, you know, and that's one thing I struggle with personally is a lot of people ask me, well, well what do I need help with? Because that's one thing that. Um, Think um, that we may talk about it in a little bit, but that's one thing that I always do when I leave a meeting is how can I help you? Like, what mm-hmm. is what what are three things or three people or what can I do to help you make progress on your goals? Right. And when people turn that around on me, I don't have an answer. Mm-hmm. That's the hardest thing for me is I don't have an answer because I feel like I'm I feel um, I don't know if it's, if it's a sense of pride, which it probably is, um, which is unfortunate. But I it's you know I need to you know, be more willing to know what my goals are. And right. so, I mean, I have, I have a vision for my, for where I want to be at, but my struggle is how do I get there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if somebody had an app idea or a business idea, but let's just say it's an app cause mm-hmm. I've been there and call it, you know, come yeah, up with yeah. an idea. What would be the first couple steps or just even the first step? What would you recommend to somebody that sitting would, in college right now and has a good idea? I'd say go find 50 customers or potential customers and go interview them. Yeah. Go talk about your idea and see if what they say. They say, oh, that's Before stupid. you even start. Before you even start. Yeah. Before you start. Go do customer development. I mean, that's one piece that people think they have a great idea, but do you even know who your customer is? Right. So if you go create this idea and you're like, oh, this is the best idea. It could be the best idea ever, but is there anybody out there who's going to even buy it? And so that's where you got to figure out because I think a lot of people get so focused on let's build something mm-hmm. and then they forget. They go, oh, crap, I don't have anybody who's going to buy this. And right. so I think that'd be the first and foremost is go figure out, you know, go vet the idea with people, go talk to people to talk to as many people as you can. And don't people get so afraid that, Oh, someone's going to steal my idea. No, they're not because you came up with the idea and, and there's a lot of work that goes in behind making it successful. They're not going to steal it. Mm-hmm. And people think, I mean, it, yeah, maybe someone goes and steals it, but you know, that means that they have a lot of time on their hands to be able to go do it. So people need to get out of that, that mode of being fearful of that. I think, yeah, that's huge. I mean, yeah, I don't think people realize the execution is the hard, harder part. Like, oh, it's ten, it's, ideas is, are a dime a dozen. And yeah, what is it like? Ten percent the idea, ninety percent the execution. Whatever the statistic yeah, yeah. is, but it's like it's execution's you know a majority of it. Right, for sure. Um, and so we talked about it a little bit off mic, but um, I was looking over our uh, list of hosts for the Young Life Banquet coming mm-hmm. up in November, and you were one of those. So yep. how'd you get involved with Young Life? Yeah, so I got a Young Life through uh, Jake Ramstack, a good friend of mine here in the in the community. Uh, he he was a firm believer in Young Life, was very active when he was at East High, and then was also a, um, a coach or whatever they're called for, I think, Wichita East too as well during during his professional years. And he invited me to, uh, to man camp a couple years ago, and I was not active in Young Life when I was younger because I didn't have it in my high school. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I love the mission of it. You know, it's, it's, they don't, with Young Life, they don't, um, they don't pound faith on people. You mm-hmm. know, it's more of like, let's build a relationship, let's build a friendship, yeah, and then it's slowly introduced to them. Um, so that's what I love about Young Life. And so, um, yeah, I'm just active in just the sense that I, I support a couple of the, uh, the folks that are working for Young Life right now. A couple of my friends mm-hmm. work for them. And so um, that's really how I've gotten active in it. Very cool. All right, so we're going to switch gears a little bit. Um, what is something you recommend often to people? A book, podcasts, anything like that? Yeah, there's two books that um, I consistently go back to. Um, one is called The Go-Giver, 
and the other one's called The Alchemist. Um, mm, both are, Alchemist. which which is funny because I usually am a person who always reads books that are um, nonfiction, that are real, um, and both of those are fables. Yeah. And uh, it, it's and essentially those are my two favorite books. I mean, I point to those two things all the time. I mean, I recently <laughs> reread The Go Giver, and you know, and it's it keeps going back to you know, what are you doing to serve others? What are you doing to serve others? Yep. And then um, you know, one is the uh, it's a uh, um, it's a text message I get every morning and it's through Darren Hardy and it's called Darren Daily and Darren Hardy used to be the publisher of Success Magazine and now he's like a success mentor, he's a coach um, and so he sends out this text message every morning um, and it's five, ten minutes long as a mentoring session mm-hmm. and it gets you to think a little bit um, every single morning about certain things that are helping you make progress on your goals Very cool. Yeah, I haven't read The Go-Giver I'll have to check that one out, but I recommend The Alchemist to pretty much anybody (laughs) The Alchemist is is funny because I was reading it right before I moved back to Wichita and was a little apprehensive about moving back Mm -hmm. and it's all about like, you know, at the very end of the book he, you know, he's he's back to where the treasure was the entire time. Oh yeah. The entire time. It's funny, my one of my brothers is currently he's six months deep into traveling the world right now. Oh wow. So he didn't read it till I think right before he left. I've been recommending it for years Mm -hmm. and he finally read it. And so I'll call him Santiago from time to time. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) But um let's see. Do you have a favorite failure in any aspect of life? Uh, you know, there's a there's a few. Actually, it's quite a bit. Um, that uh, some that I that I probably wouldn't wouldn't disclose because they're uh, yeah. It, it shows a little bit. But one of them is um, when I was 25, I think um, I was selling insurance in Kansas City, and I decided to resign um, from the job. And I had it in my mind that everybody, I was going to get a job immediately. I mean, I, I'd, I'd built a good network in Kansas City. I'm like, oh, it's going to be easy. I'm just going to find a job. I was unemployed for nine months. Um, and one of the hardest times in my life, because I was by myself in Kansas City, mm-hmm. um, didn't want to tell my parents what had happened, because uh, I made the choice myself to resign because of just certain things were happening in the organization. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a very mature an- um, thing to do at the right. time. and. It was. Uh, I thought I had everything in order for me to do it, and um, and that was probably one of the worst decisions that I made. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I would have resigned um, eventually from that organization, but I I didn't have a plan. Did not have a plan for me resigning um, afterwards, and that was probably one of my one of my failures that kind of continues to stick to me every you know every time. Right. Yeah. So, what lessons did you or lesson or lesson did you take away from that then? Well, I learned a lot from that 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 time period. That's when I truly found personal development. Mm-hmm. Um, during that nine months, um, I. Uh, got really active in journaling um, and really putting my thoughts down on paper and um, really learning some habits um, that still stick to me to this day because I was like, okay, I got to get, I got to pick myself up my bootstraps and try to figure this thing out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I tried to do, I tried to be an entrepreneur in that time and it failed miserably. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I could be like a consultant or whatever and uh, it didn't work out. I was 25 years old. I didn't know anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was that, during that time was kind of, uh, it was a really rough time for me. But, uh, you know, lessons I learned from that was, you know, um, if you're going to step away from something, have a plan for how you're going to step away mm-hmm. um, and do it and talk to people. Find mentors. Talk to people about it before mm-hmm. you do it. Um, don't don't just act rationally or irrationally, I should say. Act irrationally. Just, just you need to talk to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so journaling, I've been trying to get into it and I just, I struggle with keeping it consistent sometimes. Do yeah. you have recommendations for people or what's your process of journaling? Yeah. So, um, my process for journaling is one of them is the Darren Daily. So, mm-hmm. um, I'll, uh, listen to Darren Daily and that, that triggers some things to, to, uh, write about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also, so my, my process for journaling is I have, uh, three or four questions that I ask myself every morning, mm-hmm. um, that I write about and then, um, and they kind of, and then I always say with journaling is. I, it depends on the time of my life, but sometimes I've been really, really negative in my journal, mm-hmm. and and it comes out later on in the day of negativity. Sure. And then so I try to be very positive, turn things around. So if there's a bad thing happening, how do I turn it into a positive? So there's a few core questions that I that I ask myself, and I can just hold on one second. I'll yeah, no problem. Actually, share them. So, questions that I have um, are. What, what does God desire of me today? Mm-hmm. What would make today great? Um, what am I grateful for today? What is one thing I can do to make progress on my goals? And what did I learn yesterday? Nice. So those are things that trigger me to kind of ask yeah, questions yeah. of you know myself when I'm you know when I'm when I'm journaling to kind of keep trigger some thoughts and everything. And then I have a, a devotional that I do every morning too that kind of mm-hmm. that that, I, that gives me questions to ask myself too. Cool. So I mean I think it's always having 
certain questions that you continue to ask yourself every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how you journal. I mean, I've been doing it. Um, f- I do it uh, five days a week. I don't do it all seven. So mm-hmm. I get my, I get myself in grace on the weekends, but, um, you know, that's one thing that I do is I journal every single morning. That's awesome. Um, what is your definition of success? I think my definition of success is if I can see that I've helped somebody make progress on their goals, that's success to me. If I can look and see that I know that I've, I've been able to have a hand in somebody else finding something that's mm-hmm. beneficial to them, I say that's success. Very nice. Um, do you have a life motto you live by, or what's the, some of the best advice you've received over the years? Um, you know, it's, I don't really, it's not necessarily a life motto, but it's more um, always be a servant leader. Um, I think that's a that's something that I've had to learn over the years, but it's always have a servant's heart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, always be willing to help people, and it could be as simple as, you know, opening the door for somebody, or yeah. you know, picking up some trash that's on the ground, or something like that. I mean, it's mm-hmm. something small like that. But my life motto is always be a person of value. Always be a person of value. Like it. Um, what's a habit you've developed over the past few years that's most improved your life? Um, I would say it's the journaling is one of them. Um, and then I also uh, wake up you know, every morning at 5 a.m., um, not on the weekends. I, I will say there's, there, everybody thinks, like, oh, if you're going to do it, do it consistently all the time. Like, no, give yourself grace. You know, you need, you need to have that break. Right. But, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's, um, so I wake up early, um, five days a week, because, you know, it's getting up before the rest of the world's w- woken up, and mm-hmm. it's, there's something fulfilling about that. And then also um, exercising. I mean, that's one thing is, is always, like every morning, it's always filled with, you know, exercising, um, filling my mind with, uh, you know, positive things. And then, you know, honestly, it's eating a healthy breakfast. I think people, people underestimate the value of nutritious food mm-hmm. and how much it energizes you and just taking care of your body. Um, right. You know, unfortunately, my family's had a lot of health issues, both sides of the family, mm-hmm. um, heart issues, and uh, so it's something I got I to gotta pay attention to. Right. What is your favorite part of Wichita, or is there a hidden gem that a lot of people might not know about? Oh, uh, well, I think that my favorite part is is the people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have so many different types of people in this community um, that I think people, you know, undervalue the diversity that we truly have in this community. Mm-hmm. Um, not diversity in, in like race or gender or um, anything like that, but you know, really, really focused on, you know, um, the people. The people in this community are amazing. Yeah. Um. So, what does Wichita mean to you? You know, Wichita's home. Um, you know, Wichita is truly home for me. But what it means to me, it's a place that I've been given opportunity. Um, I've been very blessed um, in this community um, to be given the opportunity to, you know, start and run all the things that we talked about mm-hmm. throughout this podcast. I mean, it's, it's I've been so blessed and fortunate for through Wichita to say, yeah, here's an opportunity. Go after it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really what Wichita means to me is, is, is it's, it's opportunity. Awesome. Um, do you have any final comments or calls to action for Wichita? You know, I think one uh, one thing that I've been talking about here recently with a lot of people is um, if you if you see somebody who's on the bench, go get them off the bench. Because I think so many people want to get into the game and they want to be active in the game. They just don't know what to do. And so it's like if you are considered a coach or a person who is like is active right now, mm-hmm. go find that person on the bench and just invite them into something. Ask them to be involved with something. Because all people all they want all people want is somebody to ask them to get involved. Right. You know, there's like you don't have a lot of people who are gonna take action immediately. You know, they're they're waiting for somebody to say, Hey, here's something to go do and mm-hmm. get them involved. And so that's my call to action is who's on the bench and who needs to get in the game. Cool. Um, where can people find you? Are you on social media or anything? Yeah, so very active on LinkedIn and um, um, and Facebook and Instagram. Um, not active on Twitter. I don't do a lot on there mm-hmm. um, and or Snapchat. But, yeah, so I would sure. say probably li- professionally LinkedIn if people want to really connect with me. Go check me out on LinkedIn. Awesome. Um, I will link everything we talked about and your different links and everything like that. But really appreciate you sitting down, and this yeah, is fun. Absolutely. Very cool. Thanks, man. Thank you to everyone who stuck it out and listened to the episode of the Wichita Life Podcast. Thanks to the local Wichita band, The Caves, for use of their song. You can find links to everything we discussed in the show notes at wichitalifeict.com. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast app so you don't miss any of the interviews we have coming up. If you have any comments or recommendations for our podcast, feel free to contact us at wichitalifeict at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Hasta luego.